Hi guys, I um, just hit my tooth on the microphone. That's not a good way to start. <laughs> this is just a smidge more with Brandy Henson. I'm Holly Stillings, and this is everything you want to know without an appointment. This is a weekly podcast where medical profession and real life collide. Hi guys, welcome back for another episode. Uh, with reverse gravity and we are on location today. Yay! We're growing up. <laughs> I know. It's We're pretty right. exciting. <laughs> so we are in Marietta with uh, Dr. Belikian. Hi, doctor. Hey guys, welcome. Glad At to have Dr. you here. Dr. B, as we hear your staff calling you, oh, which is you. super nice and friendly. Much easier than Belikian. Yes. So, Dr. Belikian is a double board certified plastic facial surgeon, and we are actually sitting in his surgery center, his brand new surgery center in Marietta, and it is gorgeous. It's so nice. Yeah. It'd be such a nice place to have a surgery in. Oh, our patients love it. We really built it with the design of yeah. having it being like rejuvenating and relaxing for our patients. So, welcome. I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's awesome. We love it. We're going to take some pictures and we're going to post them too so you guys can see mm-hmm. this lovely place. So you have two offices, Marietta and San Diego. Mm-hmm. And are do you spend half the time here, half in San Diego, or it's Del Mar actually? Um, what what are your what what's your week like? So I spend about uh, three and a half days up here and a day and a half down in Del Mar. Okay. I live in between, so uh, it's easy to get to both offices. But I started my practice up here in Marietta, and it'll always be a home base. Okay, awesome. So tell us a little bit about your education. You're an East Coast guy. Right. Yes. So I grew born up born and raised. Born. Yeah. Grew up in Boston. Uh huh. Spent uh, my early days there. Thought I'd never leave. I uh-huh. love Boston. You know, and I'll always be a Boston sports fan. So everybody can. Rest You're easy. like a Red Sox, yeah, oh, yeah. Patriots, the whole thing. The whole thing. We'll never let it go. <laughs> my kids will be too. Even oh no, you are. You're like Diego. a Tom Brady lover. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Lexi's gonna be so. <laughs> sad. She's gonna be so <laughs> sad. She missed this. We have a friend who's just a diehard. Patriots fan. So. Yeah. Well, good for yeah. I like her already. I know. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought I was going to stay on the East Coast my whole life. Uh-huh. I went to Columbia for undergrad. It was in New York or Boston all the time. And then my uh, brother moved out to San Diego. Uh, he's an orthopedic surgeon. And I came out, I visited, like, and I said, this is it. I'm home. I'm home. I'm your family. <laughs> Bye. Uh, let's make it happen. So that's when I started my practice. Uh, it's been 16, 17 years now, something like that. So your brother's an orthopedic surgeon, and yeah. you're a plastic surgeon. So your parents must be really proud of you. Well, they're, we're happy. <laughs> we're happy kids, and that makes, that makes them happy. That's awesome. That's awesome. And Dr. Fru, I should say, is the body guy. And he is going to be here and talk to us in a little bit. So we've got our our facial plastic surgeon and we also have the body plastic surgeon. And we're going to talk about surgeries and life and what it's like to be a plastic surgeon. Great. Because we've always kind of wondered, like, what do you guys think about, you know, like, what is it like to go to dinner with you? Yeah, it's. I think it's a fun time. Is it a fun time? No one's, like, no one's do, ever gone do you look at people's out. faces all the time and you're like, you know what? I could just do this and yeah. I could do that. And he's doing it to you right now. I know. I know. I mean, I work with Brandy, so I know how her brain works. That's why I'm asking this question. I tell people it's like being a wine connoisseur, right? Like you okay. can't drink a glass of wine without evaluating it a little bit. Right. You don't spend every glass of wine evaluating. So sure. I can go into an elevator and keep my head down and. Not okay, think about not it, or look. I can go in there and be like, oh, that person would do really well with a chin implant. You yeah. Know? Are people constantly asking you, like, 
what do I need to do? Do I need to do this? I mean, yeah. you're, you're married, you have kids, like your wife's friends, like, are they just like, what should I do? Yes. As usually <laughs> I see a, uh, a big smile pop up when we're at parties. Yeah. My wife knows she kind of rolls her eyes. Uh-huh. Like, when they find She's like, out, here we go here again. Here we go. I'm like, oh, that's what you do. Let's see. What, what would you recommend? She's like, you know what? Don't tell anybody what you do at this party. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Nobody needs to know. Well, she's ridiculously successful in real estate anyway, so it's easy to deflect to her. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So you grew up in Boston. Mm-hmm. We're reading your all of your background. And you know what was so interesting is that you're a bachelor, uh, you're a bachelor of arts and you're an art history major? Yeah, that's right. Interesting. Yeah, I went to... Uh, you know, I really studied art in, in high school, uh-huh. and then I went to New York City for undergrad at Columbia, and I just thought it was a great opportunity. I knew I kind of wanted to pursue medicine, yeah. but when else did I have a chance in life to, to learn something I otherwise wouldn't? And so I just kind of followed what made sense to me, and art history made a lot of sense. It was very mm-hmm. visual, yeah. and an appreciation of art and uh, creators. And it's funny, I never thought I was going to be a plastic surgeon, Mm -hmm. but that was part of my personality that was there. And I think that personality fits really well with the, you know, the field I chose. It just turns out that, oh, wow, that was an early indication of somebody who appreciated art, the artistic process and creation. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. And I actually always tease Brandy because when I first met her, she was always crafting (laughs) and she still does, but like, she's always making something, you know, she's an artist. And then when I read that, I was like, and I had this theory, I was like, wow, I wonder if like plastic surgeons and aesthetics and like, are you guys just all artists deep in your souls? Like there's just an art, a budding artist there. Yeah. And Brandy will tell you too. I think it's what we do is part engineering, part Uh art. Yeah. And the people who do the best combine those two equally. You can't just be an engineer and, and uh, think about it mathematically and you can't just be an artist and not understand the concepts behind it. So form and function, I love it in architecture, I love it in food, I love it in <laughs> art, and I love it in what I do every day in uh, creating beautiful faces. What's your favorite surgery to do? So they're kind of like my children, right? Right. I love them all <laughs> mm-hmm. equally, mm-hmm. right? But uh, but they give me a different, you know, uh, feedback and, and excitement. So a facelift to me, when I can do a total facial rejuvenation, mm-hmm. uh, is really exciting to me because I feel like I can do something that others can't. And I can really let my artistic vision come through that sometimes goes beyond what people thought was even possible. Mm-hmm. Rhinoplasty is very different. Instead of uh, kind of artistic look overall, it's jeweler surgery. It's small, mm-hmm. little detail, mm-hmm. and it's a different mindset uh, and has much more challenges in a certain way as well. Uh, that make you focus in a different way. So the patients are different. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the gratification when you're done with surgery and the results are different. And I love those two surgeries a lot. Yeah. So the deep plane face and neck lift. Yes. That's like a Dr. B special. Yes. We hear. Yeah. It's a really the huge revolution in facelift surgery. You know, people think of facelifts and they think of all these tight looking lifts and yeah. inconsistent results with signs of scarring. Uh, and really, this is the latest generation of a facelift and it's a major breakthrough and it's really gained popularity in the past five years. Uh, and the benefits of it are that you can really get these beautiful lift results now without any of the signs of a facelift. The scars are almost imperceptible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Where ne- did the scars go? So 
like a traditional facelift, uh-huh. they are still under the chin for okay. you know, a little less than uh, an inch underneath the chin. And they're around the ears, but they never affect the hairline. Your hairline stays exactly the way it should be. Okay. And it goes on the inside edge of the ear cartilage in front of your ear. So oh. no big scars in front of the ears that you can uh-huh. see. They go behind the ear as well and down the hairline. Again, done correctly, it shouldn't change your hairline at all. Mm-hmm. And with the right support, with this deep plane facelift, they really should be imperceptible. My patients wear their hair back in a ponytail all the time, show it mm-hmm. off. You know, I get referrals. Oh, Brandy had one of your patients in that, like, she looked yes. amazing. That's how I found you. Yeah. Um, yeah, the scarring is the best I've ever seen. It was so tight behind her ear in the scar right inside her ear. I was like, uh, I asked her, well, when did you get this done? She said a week and a half ago. I was, it was, it was amazing. Cause you're right. There's so much bad scarring yeah. out there. And you get to see a lot, mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, yeah. doing what you do your and, you know, other people in aesthetics and, and the hair industry. Yeah. They really get to see the differences, and that's why it's so important to realize there's not one way of doing it. Mm-hmm. There's not one deep plan that we all do. Yeah. We all have our methods, and yeah. it's a fun project for me because we're always working on how can we get it better? How can we take even one little imperceptible thing and make it even better? Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what we've done with the scars. Yeah. That's great. And the four-point brow lift, too. I heard that's a big one. Yeah. Four-point brow lift is kind of like an endoscopic brow lift. People may know it. I call it an endoscopic-like because mm-hmm. we don't have to use the cameras. We can do it uh, the same way. But instead of big scars on the forehead to lift up or scars on the skin where we're excising or removing skin, mm-hmm. we can make these tiny little portholes where we can go in, lift the forehead up, and it allows us to do a proper lift where we're not pulling on the brows or the eye, you know, or the forehead, but we're really releasing it from all its tensions. Everything that's pulling it down, we release and get a passive lift and just set it back gently. So again, people come out all the time and say, I don't want a brow lift. It looks surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you do it the wrong way, of right. it's going to look surprised. You're going to look real surprised. Correct. But that's what <laughs> you're about to look like. Spock. This four point brow lift with minimal incisions no one will ever see. Is that done under anesthesia? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have different, you know, there are three different types of anesthesia. We can do things under local anesthesia, we can do them under IV sedation, or we can do it under general. And that's a discussion we have with every patient. And so we want to introduce Dr. Frew, and he is the body guy here at uh, Dr. Balikian's uh, practice in Marietta, and he just walked in. So we want to introduce him. Hi, Dr. Frew. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Will you tell us a little bit about your background? And you're an East Coast guy too. I am. I grew up in Pennsylvania. I did my undergraduate uh, Washington and Jefferson College in between Pennsylvania and West Virginia. I did my medical school at Drexel in Philadelphia. And then the only thing that brought me out to California was residency. Mm -hmm. I got a plastic surgery spot in California and you can't pass that up. No, you cannot. (laughs) You're like, I'm in. Absolutely. So I did my residency here and started my practice here as well. That's great. And you love it. Will you ever go back to the East Coast? Oh, I will go back to visit for sure. Uh I don't know if I would go back to live. Okay. (laughs) Right. And so you're you're Loma Linda graduate. We were talking to Ashley. She was telling us a little bit about your specialties and what uh, she actually said, a young innovator 
as a surgeon. This one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. She did. She gets a raise. She gets more money. She gets a raise. She does. So she was telling us a little bit about what your specialties are. And so, you know, we've, we can talk about, everyone knows about breast enhancements and, you know, it's kind of old hat at this point, but she was saying that you do like an internal bra. That's pretty cool. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So the internal bra is basically a concept to provide internal support to your implant, right? Mm -hmm. Because if by nature your breasts were supposed to be that big, they would have been that big. Right. Right. But they're not. God willing. Exactly. (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) So especially when we're putting in an implant in there, that's going to put weight on your tissues, weight on your body. And we all know the breasts only sag with time. We need to add some type of support inside that pocket along the lower pole to basically act as a floor for the implant. Mm -hmm. So the implant can sit exactly where you want, but then it can project where you want to because you have a strong floor to build that breast off of. How does that work when you have a breast augmentation? You have to move them around and like for capsulation and stuff, does that help it not encapsulate or is it and then if you're moving them around to like massage them, I don't know where you're going with this. I'm going somewhere. Just, just, just okay. wait me out here. But like, will that affect that internal bra? Um, you moving them around in daily life and activities uh-huh. won't affect it because the internal bra can be made by like three different ways. Okay. So one of them is like a meshed base way where I'll secure the mesh to like your ribs in different areas on the inside. One is a suture based way where I'll use a bunch of tissue internally and secure it to your chest wall. And the other one is for women that need like revisions and things. We'll use part of their actual capsule and fold it down to create like a sling to hold the implant. So... There is a little bit more evidence coming out now that the mesh helps against capsular contracture, so it can decrease mm-hmm. the rate of that. The implants are improving every couple of years, and the capsular contracture rate decreases almost always with the new generation of implants. So it's really a concept that can help any type of breast surgery, even if you're not using implants, right, mm-hmm. and we're doing a breast reduction or a breast lift, you still need some type of support to hold the tissue where you want. Got it. On your before and after pictures of your facial patients, they're like numbered one, two, three, like 16, like it is incredible what you can do to somebody's face. Yes. I was shocked. I was doing my research and I was just like, oh my gosh, it's incredible. What do you think this fat transfer? Is that a big thing? And do you feel like you could use it in any surgery? Like it would benefit any surgery? So really good question. Fat transfer has been around for a long time, but Mm -hmm. we're learning more and more and more about it. It really, the, the evidence on it wasn't put together very well. And as we've used it more in the face, we realize all these other benefits. So really we think of aging in three different ways. One is gravity. That's where you have facelifts. One is texture changes to the skin. That's Mm -hmm. where we do lasers and resurfacing. But the third way is volume loss in our face where we shrink from a young grape to a raisin as we turn older, right? And all these creases come out. So we have to replace some volume. Uh, So for most of my aging uh, patients with aging face, they have some volume loss and we need to put some of that back in. We Mm -hmm. can do that with fillers like Brandy does, or we can do it with fat transfer. And we found that as we add that fat with fat transfer, there are other things that give benefit as well. There are stem cells that are in that fat that are helping the skin as well. So you get an added benefit. That's fascinating. Yeah. So that's why we love doing fat. Mm -hmm. But 
we also, just like with fillers, you can't overdo the fat. The fat's not going to lift. The fat's not going to fix the texture changes mm -hmm. on the skin. So it has to be done judiciously, right? You have to do the right amount. And I'm very passionate about this because I think so many surgeons overdo the fat where they view it as a building material. Mm -hmm. And I don't. I like using it kind of a spackling material at the end of surgery to fill in some cracks, to fill in some shadows, soften things up, knowing it's not going to be 100% full. We're not making you a grape again, mm -hmm. but just soften the shadows. So for those reasons, because the skin gets better, because I can make an aging face look more harmonious and balanced because it aged that way, mm -hmm. it's an invaluable tool in my practice. That's so cool. Where do you take it from? Do people get to choose where they take the fat from? So usually <laughs> we, we choose together. Okay. Usually it's an area where it's stubborn fat. All right. Uh -huh. So what better to replace your own lost fat with your own stubborn fat? Right. For me, that's usually the, the belly, the abdomen okay. or the inner thighs. I really love the inner thigh fat. It comes out clean. Mm -hmm. It's stubborn. It lasts a long time. Uh, so, but you can take it. People have taken it from everywhere, from the outer thighs, from the butt, from the bra fat. Mm -hmm. um, some people take it from the neck. Uh, but for and me, it's those two spots. And do you lipo it out? Is that how you get it? No. So okay. like with Dr. Fru, he goes in there, he lipos, he's got a big machine, he's in there and, uh, you know, it's a powerful machine pulling the fat out because we don't care what happens to the fat when it comes I out. I see. But I want to cherry pick the fat. So instead uh -huh. of shaking the tree, I'm just cherry picking. I go in with a syringe, just a little bit of pressure with my own hand on mm -hmm. that. And I'm slowly taking nice fat cells. And then we clean that fat. We get little droplets of seedlets of fat that I can inject. And then we separate them out too. We make smaller you know, globules, bigger ones, so we can use them in different parts of the face and really make it artistic. Now we have a full palette of uh, material we can use for each specific uh, part. And not a lot of surgeons do that, uh, but I think more and more will as yeah. they see others do it. If you go to Dr. Balikian's uh, website, and we will put a link um, to this podcast on it, it is incredible what the before and after pictures. Like I was just, I was blown away. That's how my patient that I I found you from originally yeah. found you was your before and afters on your website. Well, thank you. That's what we've been striving for is just yeah. amazing results. And we're always striving for it. That's why I love working with Dr. Fru because he's the same way. We're just always striving to have the, the best results possible mm -hmm. and have these results that blow people away. Yeah. Do you guys have surgery days on the same days or are you separate days? Uh, we do both. And then sometimes we operate together on the well, same yeah, patient. Well, yeah, because so someone wants to do a face and a body yeah. augmentation, you could do it together. And right. that's the best idea ever. Yeah, it is the best mm -hmm. idea ever. Oh, <laughs> what other surgeries do, do we Where do we look at? <laughs> and then he gets to choose the music for the day. Well, that was that my happens. next question. Oh, right here on my paper. I said, what is, do you guys have playlists and what do you listen to? Yeah, I mean, so I I spend a lot of time in the operating room. Uh -huh. So I listen to a lot of different music. Uh -huh. And uh, there are some days I just come in and have one of the staff members choose a letter and we just choose artists with that letter okay. for the day. But I'm a Jack Johnson, okay. easy going, yeah. keep, it, mm -hmm. keep it simple. Love uh, Jack Johnson. Kind of guy. Uh, some Lenny Kravitz uh -huh. and then some Black Crows. Oh, see, my kind of music. It's a good thing we don't do surgery together because that is the one on thing music. we could not agree on. Really? What would you guys music? choose? Oh my God. I love this alternative and rock. She has the worst <laughs> music taste ever. <laughs> we just went to the Metallica concert. It was the best concert. Oh, I, mean, I can appreciate Metallica, you know, but 
she'll be in her her office and like <laughs> she's listening to like Hair Nation, like you know. That's awesome. Hair like, Nation. Wow, wow. I was like, can we just listen to something a little bit more low key? I don't know. It's Pearl Jam Radio. Pearl Jam Radio. Can't go wrong. With Pearl All Jam. the time. All the time. What about you, Dr. Fru? So for me, it, it's different depending on the case and depending on the part of the case. I kind of change it up. Okay. So in the beginning. It will be the music that the patient likes to fall asleep to. Okay. Right? So they can go off to sleep good. And then the beginning of the case, I always have something like more calm on, like a mellow house music. I listen to Kygo a lot. Kygo? Yeah, yeah. That See, shocks me. That's good to music. Listen, even to think that you listen to Kygo. <laughs> hey, don't judge a book by its cover, right? right? I guess not. <laughs> so then as the case continues on, and if it has to be like a really finesse part, it's a very calm music. Uh -huh. But if it's at the end, I'm sewing or I'm liposuctioning, it's more upbeat, maybe like more rock or today's hits. Oh, mm -hmm. rock. Uh, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Brandy's always going to choose rock. We know that. Well, and you kind of like need to get like worked up, right? Like you need to get that adrenaline rush. I have a, I have a lot of friends who actually are surgeons and a lot of them are female surgeons and they're like, you know, surgeons, they like to cut, they like to cut, they like to cut. That's what they like to do. That's why we're in this yeah. business. They like to cut. And, um, I think it's so interesting because I, my brain obviously doesn't work like that, but it, I mean, you got to have a lot of confidence, right? Mm -hmm. And you guys are yeah. probably pretty regimented, right? In your life. And you like work routines. out routine. yeah, like you have your routines. workout schedule, right? I like I read Atomic habits. I learned how okay. to habit stack See? and it's all about the routine uh -huh. uh, because that's what sets us up. Just like, you know, an airplane taking off, you got to yeah. go through your routine. So you get everything done. So when little things pop up, mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about anything else other than that little thing. Yeah. Like yeah. you guys aren't binge watching a show and <laughs> right like before. right before you go into surgery for the day. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You're not like drinking with your friends right. the night before. It doesn't You're work not standing that way. Out till like it does midnight. not. No, no you got to go to bed right. and you got to wake up. And have yeah. your system, right? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Where do you, you get your workout in? I, I do it in the morning. I don't do it in the morning. I find if I work out in the morning, then I'm not, my hands are a little bit shakier. They're not as steady. So I don't work out in the morning. I work out in the evening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, after work. Mm -hmm. Not all the time, though. <laughs> do you eat the same thing for breakfast every day? No. <laughs> no. No. Do you intermittent fast? Well, I think every surgeon on the planet intermittently fasts uh -huh. just because of the nature of the work. Okay. What's the longest surgery you've ever done? Well, dating back to residency, yeah. probably 12 hours plus. But <laughs> 12 I, hours. But I've done surgeries where they're six, seven hours long, uh, straight, and, uh, you know, that's that's routine for what we're doing. We do total facial rejuvenation. Yeah. Most and, of the time I can do it in there's four. No, there's no eating, there's no drink, there's nothing. My staff, I have them give me some water in uh -huh. between. So uh, I stay hydrated uh -huh. sure I'm on top of my game. Yeah. So a mommy makeover can take six to eight hours too. Right. right? And so you're the only one doing it. So mm -hmm. it's not like you can stop. Right. But sometimes if I'm lipoing somebody's back and the back is done, when we have to reprep and drape, we'll flip them. I'll go get something to drink, but I don't typically eat. You just sort of like so focused yeah. that you don't really think about it. Now, we asked Dr. Balikian what his favorite procedure was. What's yours to do on the on the body? Mm, that's a good one. 
I like a lot of them for a lot of different reasons. I mean, breast dogs are nice because you can see the immediate change and they look beautiful. Mm -hmm. But lipo also is a, is a lot of fun too. It's a lot of work. So sometimes the pain. It's it, physical, right? It's very physical, uh -huh. right? Um, but it you also, don't need to work out that. You, yeah, no, no workout. That's your workout. I oh, do no. not work out on BBL days. Really? Absolutely not. No, okay. BBL is a lot of lipo. Have you ever worn a watch to see how many calories you're burning when you're doing it? <laughs> No, I haven't. <laughs> you should. That Maybe would be I fun. should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what were we, what were we saying? Uh, what was your favorite procedure? Oh, the favorite one. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about lipo because it's more like sculpting. Mm -hmm. And like you can kind of start to see the shape take place and you do a little bit more and a little bit more. So I like it for that aspect of it, like my own aspect of sculpting the patient. Mm -hmm. But then the ones that like really change the patient's life, like the really big tummy tucks or the really big breast lifts. You know, this woman's just been carrying it yeah. around for so long. And to cut all that off and see her eyes light up afterwards, that's it's awesome. Really yeah, that's a good one. That's great. Brandy, what's your favorite thing to do at Reverse Gravity? Oh, um, I I like to do lip filler. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I have, so, I, I do so much there that I would say I really like to do filler. Um, it's the same sculpting thing that yeah. Dr. Bruce talking yeah. about. You can cool. tell when Brandy's excited about whatever she's going to do because she goes like this. And she rubs her hands together. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Like, yeah. like you know me so well. I know. It's weird. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, you're right. All right. But yeah. Um, another fun thing that we wanted to talk about was when we came here today that you had your own personal oh, yes, I consultation. Did. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm not going to waste this moment. I need to, I need to <laughs> have some time with Dr. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I'm aging. I'm over 40. Everything goes downhill after that. But I had a upper bluff done three years ago. I came for to see you for the revision, to do a revision of the top and maybe a lower. And you agreed. <laughs> and maybe brow lift and what did you say, 45? Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, you have a gorgeous face okay. and anything I do, any patient I see, it's not about really changing the way they look. It's like, can we take away the part that's bothering? us the yeah. most and have it look balanced and harmonious. And I think you do really well with a little revision there. I think it looks fine as is, but if we want to make it look a little bit better, we can. And down the road, you know, aging will happen. So I just took a little time to, to talk yeah. about things that may come down the road that you don't mm -hmm. need yet. Yeah. And you sense. do say no, because we have some of your patients come in and tell us that he told me no. Yeah. yeah. No, so. I, I love saying no, yeah. um, because look, I people come in, they're pretty faces. My mm -hmm. job isn't to do things uh, unnecessarily. Um, it's to really listen to what they want and try and give it back to them. And if I feel like it's not going to be in their best interest, uh, you know, I try and treat everybody like family. It's cliche, but it's yeah. the truth. Like we're going to say no and send them back. Yeah. But I think that's what I really appreciate about you, because I say no a lot to patients or if it's patients that come and they have bad filler, mm -hmm. I won't fill over that. Like we right. dissolve it or you go back where you came from. Right. Um, but I have had more than one patient come back from you and they said, he told me no. And one of them, I said, if he's a good doctor, he will tell you no. And so it was kind of my test. And she came back. She's like, he said, no, it was a chin lipo. She was like 20. I'm like, you have yeah. nothing to lipo. I think that was an easier test. You yeah. gotta send me a harder test. <laughs> so one of my patients, you actually did surgery on and he was already getting a lot of things, but he 
he asked for something else and you told him no. Um, so I think there, I think there's something to be said to build trust with patients when you can say no. Um, because I see a lot of patients, a lot of them have had facial surgeries, body surgeries, and they're always asking me, where do you go? Who do you recommend? Like, and I always ask, like, even on body, I'm like, can I see your scarring? Like, how's your scarring? Cause I'm always interested in scarring, Mm -hmm. especially on the face because I've seen terrible scarring. It seems to be a repetitive of some of the same surgeons, but um, I, I think there's there's something to be said about saying no and too much. And yeah, I mean, it, everyone's a reflection of of my work, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, I'm not going to do something that is unnecessary because uh, it'll. It'll turn a lot of people off and turn me off. And that's your name walking yeah. out there. Exactly. What, what are the facial trends right now in like plastic surgery? So really the big ones, there's so much that's happened in facial plastic surgery, even in the past five years. It's mm-hmm. really kind of amazing. You know, since social media kind of took off and Instagram took off, yeah. there's been so much more chatter yeah. on people expressing what they're doing and trying new things that there's been this revolution in sharing in facial plastic surgery. So I think the... The best surgeons out there are the ones that listen, that don't have ego, that can take learning from others. Mm-hmm. And all these other surgeons are teaching. We're doing a lot of teaching as well of like all our methods. So it's really read, led to a rapid improvement in uh, in new techniques. Mm-hmm. The deep plane facelift and all the nuances that come with it is the major one, mm-hmm. okay? Fat transfer and ways of separating fat into smaller ones and using it at like nano fat yeah. Is another one. Exosomes and all these other things are coming down the road um, that you probably hear about in mm-hmm. reverse gravity as well, coming down the road and just more minimal access. You know, we go to these conferences and the smaller the incisions, the lesser the access. Uh, those are the things that patients want and, and uh, surgeons are pursuing. And what are the what are some of the body trends? I've heard that a lot of people are getting implants out now and doing lifts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you see that a lot? I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't want to do it, but I mean, <laughs> I, hey, what, I heard it's a trend. So, yeah, I mean, it's more of a trend for pa- patients who think they have breast implant illness oh, than okay. just like the average uh-huh. patient off the street. But I would say, in general, the implants are getting smaller than they were maybe ten years ago. Um, the trend of putting them under the muscle isn't as popular as it once used to oh, be. Really? Now with longer term follow up, we're able to put the implant on top of the muscle, improve the cleavage lines and still have relatively the same outcome as below the muscle. Mm-hmm. So we can get rid of some of that. BBLs are getting smaller, which is the Brazilian butt lift. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say it's on its way out, but people more and more are coming in saying, I don't want to look overdone. I don't want to look in a rap video. I still get the occasional mm-hmm. one that does, <laughs> but in general, the trend is going towards more natural. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I love it. I felt like that was going out. The BBLs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I say that, but then I had a few patients that I had done their second BBL. Yeah. Like they really? Got, they got a double because they wanted to be bigger. Yeah. No, I want one smaller, stick skinny. That's the look I'm trying to right. go for. I still see a lot of people with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's some girls carry it off. I'm like, oh, whatever you want to do, you know, sure. you be you. Like, you look great. So I don't know. I mean, it's not for me, but no, no, I think no. it, look, I think some people can carry it off. Have yeah. you guys done the Sculptra? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, I have. I don't. I mean, I feel like if someone really wants those, they just need to come to Doctor Fru because yeah. it's it's a lot. It's a lot of treatments, but it does look good, especially for things that are minor, like little dips and things like that. It works great. I love Sculptra. I'm a huge fan of Sculptra. Do you like it too? So uh, we have a love hate relationship with Sculptra as facial okay. plastic surgeons. It it does a great job, and sometimes it's really critical, like the filling out the temples. It does a great Mm -hmm. job and it does for the right patient do a great job filling the face, but Mm -hmm. it's creating a fibrotic reaction, Mm -hmm. right? So it's creating scar tissue, which is not insurmountable when we're doing a facelift, but it just makes it a little more difficult to lift the tissues up. They're not quite as virgin as we want them to be. So if someone has had sculpture before mm-hmm. a facelift, yeah. not that they you would be doing it in the same operation. Okay, if they've had it, it before and I'm doing a facelift, uh-huh. it's just, you know, we just have to take a little more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it slows us down a little bit when we're trying to lift everything up. Probably for the BBLs too, right? Will it... Does it slow you down if they're scarring? I've never encountered it to the point where I'm like, oh, this is really making it too slow. Because, mm-hmm. again, I have like a really big cannula where we inject that through and it's motorized. So it doesn't really. Yeah. Well, and he's not working out that day. Yeah. So that I'm really strong that day. really strong that day. That's right. Okay. So we'll send this one over to Dr. B again. What is, what should you look for in the, like the aging process in your thirties and like what procedures, top procedures. Yeah. So the top procedures are a lot of non-surgical that you guys are doing. Botox fillers. Uh, those are great ways to, cause we start aging, you know, in our thirties, mm-hmm. 35 is when I'd say the cheeks really start going down a little bit. That's true. So Botox. Yeah. After 25, they start sliding down. Uh, skin resurfacing is really good. Starting with some heat based, you know, uh, treatments mm-hmm. that are going to keep the collagen strong in our face are really good. Surgically, I do a lot of rhinoplasties mm-hmm. in that age. You know, people who, uh, you know, their skin is still strong, can snap back. A rhinoplasty in your 30s is a great procedure. But I'm not really doing uh, facelifts mm-hmm. or brow lifts uh, or upper eyelid surgeries at that time. I have done them before in the past for people who hereditarily have that. Yeah. But really it's about, um, you know, face about uh, rhinoplasty and maybe a little fat transfer and maybe a little CO2 laser. That's really what I'm doing on my patients surgically in their thirties. What's your favorite laser treatment? I like the fractionated CO2 laser. Okay. That's, that's my go-to. That's my workhorse. Mm -hmm. That's Um, amazing. Yeah. And it does a great job and I can combine it. A lot of surgeons don't at the time of surgery, but, uh, we can really do it where we're doing a facelift and the laser and the fat all at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you get your recovery all done in in one setting. Okay. What about your forties? So 40s, we start seeing some more droop, right? Jowls start. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're doing yes, a, me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> maybe we're doing a deep plane facelift uh-huh. at that point. That's kind of a mini lift, which doesn't really mean anything, that, that term. Um, but we're starting to do that. Now we're getting some temporal brow mm-hmm. uh, lifts done, which is the outside of the eyebrow starts sagging and creating that little wing of skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do that combined with an upper lid blepharoplasty in the 40s. And that really brings people back. They come back like, oh, that's my vibrant eye. That's what I want. They're happy to put their makeup on again. Yeah. Uh, and maybe they're getting some crepiness on their lower eyelids. Uh, we do some guys even at that point because guys get really hollow underneath their eyes starting in their 40s. Yeah, we're so, starting to see a lot more men too. Yeah. It's They're definitely getting into the aesthetic cosmetic surgery 
Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. more apparent in our office as well. And I get it, you know, forever and ever and ever, all guys would see are these horrible scars, horrible pulled looks. Mm-hmm. And as the techniques develop and the incisions can't be seen and things look natural mm-hmm. and they're seeing it in their friends, they're saying, wait a second, I, I want to look like yeah. I did 10 years ago. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Okay. Fifties. Everything. You could do everything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You get a whole package. Yeah. Individualize it to you. So whatever's uh-huh. you need the most. But mm-hmm. yeah, then we're really starting to look at, again, all three ways of aging. What do we need to fix gravity wise? Is it a brow lift, eyelid lift, face lift, mm-hmm. neck lift? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing all those in the 50s for sure. And 50 to 60 is a great time to do facial rejuvenation mm-hmm. because your tissues are strong. We're lifting things up. They're going to last a long time. It doesn't look so drastic mm-hmm. that anyone's going to notice. So those are the ones where we'll do a total facial rejuvenation. No one will be able to tell. They'll just think they went on vacation. And then you'll show the before and afters and people will be blown away. Like, yes. whoa, that's the way you looked before? Because when we've lifted and we filled with fat and we've lasered the skin, we've just you're going to be looking real good. You're going to be looking mm-hmm. real good. Real good. Yep. 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 We, got, we got some years. Uh, to- <laughs> now, Dr. Fruit, what is it with the bodies? Now, 30s, it's got to be boob jobs, right? Yeah, for sure. Just nonstop. <laughs> like, line them up. Line them up. <laughs> Breast songs, liposuction, uh-huh. for sure. And then some mommy makeovers, right? For the moms right. who had kids then and are done, mommy makeovers, definitely. Yeah. Well, what about the 50s? 40s, 50s. Yeah, I would say it's about the same stuff in the 40s, like the late 30s and the 40s is more mommy makeover Mm -hmm. territory for people, but everybody ages differently. Mm -hmm. Then we get up into the 50s, we're looking more like lifts, liposuctions, remove and replace of your implants, Mm -hmm. kind of up in the 60s, remove and replace too. But it really depends on how the patient's body is and how you are health-wise. Right. Because you can do a tummy tuck on a Mm 65-year-old, right? And I have done it, but... You know, two 65-year-olds, one could be way healthy and one could be way sick. Right. So it just really depends. What about butt lifts when you get old? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I've done a butt lift on like a, a 56-year-old. Yeah. Wow. A BBL, right? Yeah. And you think, okay, that's a little bit old, but hey. Hey, why just not? Just like he said, why not? If you have the fat and we can reliably give you the result you want and it's healthy enough to do it, then you're probably a candidate. And you have to have enough fat to do that. Yeah, procedure. That's, that's the big thing. So like when someone comes in for a BBL or like any kind of consult with me, I really ask a ton of questions, probably to the point where they're like, oh my God, why are you asking? Like, shut mm-hmm. up. I told you this. Mm-hmm. But I'm really trying to hone in on like, what kind of look are you going for? Because women, you know, you're uncomfortable to come here anyway. You're uncomfortable right. to stand naked in front of me. And then they're just like, okay, can you just fix this? Like yeah. push, push them up. And they yeah. talk with their hands. I'm like, well, do you want them up here? Mm-hmm. Do you want them here? Right. Do you want them here? Like yeah. how wide do you want to be? How short do you want to be? Right. So it's, you do need fat for it, but the fat has to match what you're going for too. What is the one procedure that consistently has the best outcome? If you had to name one, and I'm going to ask you both this question. I, mean, I think uh, even though it's very nuanced, uh-huh. an upper blepharoplasty always looks good, right? It's done for the right candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, an upper blepharoplasty is a no-brainer, always mm-hmm. looks good, high, high satisfaction rate. Now, yeah. I'm very confident with my facelift results, so I put my facelift on par with the upper blep. Like, I think it's consistently excellent, uh-huh. and, but blows people away, right? So right. they're... They're so happy they got what they were hoping for. That's why I love doing that so much. Now, do you have that one patient in the back of your head 
that you think about the procedure you did and you're like, wow, I killed it. Like that one is that the one yesterday. that stands out. Yeah. Yeah. It was yesterday <laughs> and then last Thursday. I mean, you're like, she looks great or he looks great or that one, like you're just shocked at like what, what has, you did. Yeah, it's what has transpired. Dr. Pro. Well, I don't think I'm ever shocked. No? Yeah. Good for you. I'm never shocked. But there are definitely... Like sometimes just all the stars align, right? Like everything yeah, okay. just boom, boom, Thank boom, you. boom, boom. For sure. Like, so I would say the most... You listened to the right song that day. Yeah. <laughs> for my procedure, it would be the breast dog. Uh -huh. For his is the upper left. Mine would be the breast dog. Those patients are normally very thrilled with their results. That's they your most consistent. Look really good. Uh -huh. That one's very consistent. Um, and yeah, like when the stars align, you have like the ideal candidate mm -hmm. who doesn't want too big of an implant, and then you can do the right surgery for her, and it just looks so natural and fits their body. It fits their body. They're mm -hmm. so happy. And then the symmetry is just kind of like right there because I'm really crazy about the symmetry. Mm -hmm. It's like I can really tell. Big. I can tell mm -hmm. by looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I gotta like have it. So that's what really gets me when I see the nice breasts that are like very symmetrical and they're never perfect because I can always find mm -hmm. something that's like slightly off. Mm -hmm. But like when it's like that, I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah, that yeah. lights me up. Yeah. And what do you guys like to do on your off time? I read that you like to cook. Both of you listed that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For what do you sure. like to cook? Ooh, okay. I'm on a big pizza cook right now. Okay. I got a pizza oven. so I'm Like the uni or whatever yeah, it is. I got it. So my yeah. wife and I went to Italy. Uh -huh. We ate mm -hmm. pizza everywhere. And then we we're like, okay, we can figure out how to do yeah. it. So we bought an oven. We did a bunch of that. So we're on pizza right now and bread. Okay. Ooh, those are always good choices. Yeah, those yeah, are right? good choices. We had the uni oven. My husband did. We did and too. now he moved to the solo stove and it cooks the pizza in two minutes. And it's Ooh. really good. Solo like, stove. I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. The little, it's, really it's round, cool. right? Yeah. yeah, and it's a we. I got it. It's like on a stand. It's really cool. We do pizzas on Sunday, and the girls get to make like. Well, they always do cheese, but the, you can do your own toppings or whatever. But two minutes, and it's it's really good. Yeah, that's right fun. on. Yeah. Right on. That's pretty good. yeah, the uni is a little complicated because it's ours. We got it back in when it was like in quarantine, and it was heavy. It's yeah, heavy, like and then you ancient. have to like use the temperature, <laughs> like gauge a radar temperature to get. It's just you know what? It probably fits your personality perfect. <laughs> yeah, I don't you have any it. problem. Like this, I like it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, the stone's not How hot many enough. Steps can I do to make one pizza? I would like uh, 42, please. That's probably true. Yeah. That's probably true. I made my wife make our own cheese one time. Oh, my lord, right? wow. that's, wow. too wow. that's, wow. too that's, that's too much. That's too much. That's too much. You yeah. might be a lot of work to be married to. <laughs> we should have her on next yeah, time. Yeah, let's have your wife's on next time. That would be so interesting. We're both married to ER doctors, so I mean, that's really interesting mm -hmm. stuff, and they are just alike like they are they two really little are. peas in a pod they well, really are educate us yeah. what are the uh challenges of being married to a doctor oh wow <laughs> so we can improve our yeah i mean husbandry. absolutely nothing it's wonderful they're really great but there's a lot of pluses and i would say um Let's we've been married a long time too. I've been you've married been, over 20 years. I've been married 19. Uh -huh. oh, wow. So, so 20 years last year. I don't know. Probably the fact that Brandy would say that they will like everything right when they want it. Right. Cause every, we say everyone at work gives them. Yeah. Like, we say they snap their fingers in like, the ER and get it, what they want. And they're like, that does not happen. And we're like, yes, it does. So it was a whole text trail and like Travis at work and he's like, I'm snapping my fingers and nothing's, nothing's happening. <laughs> so what's your favorite thing to make? If you like to cook. So I used to love cooking and then we had a f 
two kids. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. those days of cooking are gone. Now it's almond butter and jelly sandwiches. Yep. Oh. I love making that. You're like Brandy and I. So I used to be very elaborate yeah. with my cooking because I thought it was very much like surgery, right? Uh-huh. Know, prepared, I get to use a knife, mm-hmm. like all good stuff. But uh, but those days are few and far between now. Mm-hmm. How yeah. old are your kids? Four and two. Oh, yeah. You're, you're oh, right yeah. in it. Oh, yeah, you're, exactly. you're in the thick yeah. of it. I would say it gets yeah. better, but... I, we have two girls and they're 13 and 11 on well, Harper turned 11 on Sunday and it, it's a different kind of hard. It's <laughs> you're tired. You're very tired at your kids ages. Yeah. And it's just hard attitude. I know nothing. I'm embarrassing. What I do is embarrassing. Like it's just, I can't do anything right. Yeah. We're holding on to the four and two for yeah. as long as we can. Yeah. Cause we know what's coming down the road. It goes fast. It does go fast. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Fur, you just have dogs, right? I have no kids. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are you making her. You seem pretty happy about it. <laughs> I seem, I'm okay. Smiling. I'm great. You guys are always smiling. <laughs> he looks rested. Yeah. Exactly. It's true. You do look very rested. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a super fun conversation. And if you are looking for a premier plastic surgeon for your face or body, of course, Dr. Balikian and Dr. Fru look them up they are awesome we'll link the website you will not believe the results and pictures that you see on the website really great and thanks for having us down here today yeah, thank, thank you for you. coming yeah, down yeah, for appreciate coming. it spending time with us we appreciate it and you guys thank do you. beautiful work up there and uh, always happy to, to see you thanks thanks have a great day everyone thank you.